Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. The highest truth can be found in the truth of who you are, who you have always been, and who you will always be. By seeking within you, you can access the wonderful, magnificent, and authentic you. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant and clairaudient intuitive, a writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Albert Clayton Golden, a world-renowned astro-intuitive, transpersonal psychologist, and author of three books, Clearing for the Millennium and Signs and Wonders, Understanding the Language of God, and his third book, You're Not Who You Think You Are, published recently by Simon & Schuster to be released this month in December of 2008. You can find more on Albert's website at www.sedonaintensive.com. During the next hour, we will be exploring authenticity in a most wise and unique perspective with Albert Clayton Golden. Welcome, Albert. Thank you for joining us once again on Evolution Revolution. Well, it's very good to be back with you. Thanks for having me on. Wonderful. So in your new book, You're Not Who You Think You Are, you take a fearless approach at helping people to uncover their authentic selves. How so? Well, first of all, let me say that I find it very um, profound in many respects that this book was bought and redone and retooled with an editor in 2007 and in the beginning of 2008. And the conscious world, I don't think, knew that we were going to have the economic meltdown that we've had. And so your question um, begs me to tell you that I don't feel that our authentic selves got us into this difficulty, but the egocentric selves, the one that flirts with the dark side, all the things that money can buy, put us in harm's way. But, you know, I always tell people, Goody, goody, we finally got to the part of the play that I wrote myself into in order for there to be massive shifts in consciousness. And what better way to have that shift than for the things that the dark side of the ego has tried to give you to separate you out from God for those things to fail. So we're in great, great time to kind of look to see who we really are. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's as if when the external world fails, go within. (laughs) Absolutely. No question about it. Yes. So in your own personal journey, you have really, the last 25 years or so since establishing the Sedona Intensive, have really evolved creating several books, leading you to this platform Would you like to share a brief overview of how you arrived where you are today so others can see that it's not necessarily always a perfect line? Oh, great. Well, first of all, let me say that, you know, I was in the minds of my parents and minister and uh, some other goody-two-shoes. I was in line to take the scepter of uh, someone who didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't say foul words, and just did what others wanted me to do. But unfortunately for them, and fortunately for me, uh, being a ninth-generation alcoholic, never having had a drink till I was 20, uh, I picked up a drink. Now, let me tell your listeners that I had been a ministerial student and pastored a church in South Alabama. I was in divinity school. But something happened, you know, sometimes the still small voice uh, can make you mad as a way to get you to the next place. And uh, I got mad at a woman who said, preacher, they always do that, even if you're 19 like I was, preacher, we don't visit those people, they're drunks. 
And something rippled through me because, you know, as you, I'm one who believes we live life after life after life after life. And so ever so often, you can have a little shock treatment back to uh, that lineage of past lives through somebody saying something. And it may have been the resonance of her voice, the way that she was condescending to them, or saying the words, they're drunks. (laughs) And I think that that kind of keyed me in that maybe that was going to play a part of my destiny, uh, and it did. So after I left the divinity school, I became a law clerk and, uh, you know, filed papers for the lawyers and did grunt work. And uh, one day they had me deliver divorce papers to a woman, and um, she stuck a cocktail in my hand, and um, she said, tonight we celebrate and I drank that martini down just like it was water, first drink, first drunk, and I went on a 20-plus-year run of alcoholic behavior. So needless to say, for most people know drunk somewhere in their lives or maybe they're in denial about being one. Drunks just tear their own lives up and everybody else's. So I like to tell people that I tore my world up or turned it upside down so that God could help it fall into place. And that's exactly what happened to me. So that's the backstory of why I today have written this book and why I today am founding director uh, of the Sedona Intensive, which, quite frankly, there's not another program like it. It's where we do it one-on-one. Some people, like there's a guy here now staying three-plus months. Most people stay a week or two. But uh, it's amazing how God could take Someone who apparently the rest of the world kicked to the curb because, you know, you don't fit our perception of a good Christian. And, uh, you know, I'm there acting crazy for all those years. You know, and and even drunks have an uptick. And some nice things happen. But, boy, I'll tell you, my life changed on February 18th, 1980, when I put the plug in the jug and walked into one of those 12-step meetings. So how did alcoholism then set you free from those limiting religious beliefs? Uh, What it did was, you know, I say that uh, today I have a natural high. I mean, I'm uh, like I remember doing this show with you before. I'm on kind of a natural high with you. Uh, But then in, in those days, I think that I needed my bloodline. You know, my karmic bloodline had alcoholism in it. So I think that God creates the positive from a negative. So I was able to use alcoholic uh, behavior, being a drunk, to be able to rant and rail at the church. You know, I used to say, uh, and in this new book I say, I never believed in Jesus. I go on to say uh, midway through that it wasn't Jesus that was the problem, it was the minister's because they were as flawed and as failed as I was. But in my case, I used it as a way to go from pedagogy, rules and regulations, dogma and dicta, to Vedanta. You know, today, my faith is Vedanta out of India. And there's a book out called How to Know God. And the first thing that my guru said to me when I went in to do his chart, a friend of mine gave him me as a birthday present. And I asked him after the session was over, uh, what is Vedanta? He says, Vedanta believes that, ever, that all paths that lead to God are right paths. And again, just like when that woman said, preacher, we don't visit those people, they're drunks. When he said, all paths that lead to God, uh, all, all paths that lead, uh, that li- all paths are right that lead to God, I knew uh, that I was in the right place. And, you know, I told him that I, didn't like the idea of a guru, and I said, what does guru mean? He said, it's a teacher. I said, well, I've had plenty of those, and I time to time am one for others. And um, I asked him later. I came back six months later, and I said, his name is Swami Swahananda. He's spiritual head of the Vedanta Society in Southern California. And I said, Swami, I said, you know how I felt about gurus, but I need some help you think you'd be my teacher? He said, Ramapriya. That's the name he finally gave me. 
One day you came to me, and you said to me, all the world's a stage, and the men and women merely players. He said, Ramapriya, if you play the astrologer, I will play the guru. And I have been a, I've been a card-carrying member of the Vedanta Society for 25 years. Wow, so it really transformed your awareness and allowed you to expand in consciousness from the shoebox of religion. Yeah, but, but Dulcinea, the thing is, all paths that lead to God are right paths. I mean, who can disagree with that? Everything I'd ever heard, and I still do today, you know, I've, I've now sold another book. I can't, I'm going to tell the title. I don't want to uh, make anybody think, oh, I wrote that two centuries ago. But it's all about how uh, the world kind of turned to dust through politics and religion. And I really do believe that the only way that we survive, I mean, I do believe that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. I got that from 12 Steps. But this is certainly uh, devolution. I love your title of your show, but this is kind of devolution and where we are today. But, but you know, I'm an optimist. I, I want to tell your listeners that. I'm an optimist, and I'm somebody that has a big heart, but I will tell you that you can go anywhere you want to. And if they don't tell you that there's work that needs to be done and there are changes that need to be made, uh, then I would run. You know, I, I just had a woman call me this morning, and she said, you know, I want to come back and do some work with you and do a brush-up, she said, because I think spiritualities turned out to be like shopping today. You can either go to Tiffany's and, or you can go down to Kmart and, and whatever. And she said, I just think people are very confused. I think that they haven't found where the solution is. You know, my book says the answers are where the questions are within you, and you mentioned that in the introduction. So she said, the first day you got, I got to you, you said, Everything is within you. Now, if I get tough and in your face, it's because an imp or an imposter, read here, ego, dark side, devil, imp, whatever, because I said there's a lot of nefarious stuff going on. And, you know, when we get around to talking about that, that's why I even said that in the new book that relationships don't work. Uh, And they don't work because I think one of the, first steps that you have to take in one of the inventories and deep introspection through the microscope is uh, the issue of what is the man, what is the woman. So, you know, we're going to talk about that sometime today, too. Sounds good. That's an exciting topic for all of us. (laughs) We can all relate to that. So leading back to that idea of spirituality being in in a sense in disarray at this point, yet there's such a demand considering the economic status and the changes occurring at this time. So you mention in the book, You're Not Who You Think You Are, a breakthrough guide to discovering the authentic you, that many spiritual authors and leaders today appear to be what you call quote-unquote show dogs or rock stars. They're not teachers with a clear and conscious message. So how does the approach that you offer in this book differ from that? Okay, let me just tell you, quite frankly, that I feel that there comes a time when you've got to step out of the congregation and go see the minister, the priest, or the rabbi one-on-one. Well, that's where we start. So the way I write and the way I guide and teach and lead and counsel is in a one-on-one arena. So I'm not confusing the great unwashed with a broad stroke and a, and a big brush. What I do is I focus in, uh, and we need to let the reader know, uh, the listener know that, uh, you know, as an astrointuitive, uh, part of the um, evaluation about whether I want to work with anybody or they want to work with me is I do a one-hour by phone session, an astrointuitive phone session, and there are people who are not ready for me. There are people who really need to go back to their catechism because they're stuck in Catholicism, or there are people who believe that men are always men and women are always women, 
and that women should walk behind the man, their Christian philosophies and religions that believe that. Well, when somebody comes to me, I let them know three things very quickly. In addition to you're not who you think you are, the cover-up or the disguise and the canopy uh, came and was cast over you by your ego. I also let them know that God is within the person, and he may or may not be in the church, but I know that God is within you, and that the still small voice called intuition is how God speaks to us through the mechanism of the still small voice. Now, we come to the thing that I can't uh, delay any longer, is that I have a very stark and different uh, way to look at who men and women are. For instance, I do the Carl Jung uh, work, the shadow work, and the reason that we're in the condition we're in today is that women will not look at their male side and integrate it, and men will not look at their feminine side and integrate it. You know, in the culture in which we live, today women have made some strides, but I will tell you, that corporate America still wants to believe it's a good old boys club. I can tell you that. And there are a lot of women whose mothers, being very flawed and failed themselves, have made women believe their place is in the home. And what I do is I start with a man, and I introduce him to his shadow self. For instance, my name is Albert, and... My feminine shadow I address as Alexandra, and you're Dulcinea, so I would say your male side might be Dudley. So what I get people to do immediately is to begin to enliven and to integrate the forgotten or lost part of themselves. Now, there was a man that wrote a book once that said men are from one place and women are from another, I don't believe that. And the way that I am able to help make people whole is to introduce them to the part of themselves that has been hidden, forgotten, or thrown away. So when I get to the integration of what I call the integration of the divided self, and I have the man-woman come together as man and a woman-man-woman come together as a human being, actually, I kind of believe that thing where angels or spiritual people having a human experience. But I can tell you that the crux of the dilemma that we're under is that people cannot bring together the forgotten part of themselves, the shadow, which, by the way, is the part of us that gives us trouble. It's a woman's forgotten male side that will constantly draw men to her who are inappropriate for her. And it's the man's forgotten feminine side that will draw all the wrong women to him. Why do you think that one of the common things that we know in the work with alcoholics that I do is that the good old boy gets drunk and beats up the wife? And it's because the shadow self says, Buster, I'll get even with you. I'll even see that you go to jail because if the girl's woman's got half a brain, she'll call the police and throw him in the slammer. But uh, women, uh, women do the same thing. I mean, women have an out of bounds male side that raises its ugly head because she will not integrate it within herself. And of course, the way one does this is with some, I think, professional help, and then also. Do some couples work with somebody that knows that we must be whole within ourselves. You know, in the book I say you have to have a relationship with yourself to uh, before you have one with yourself, and you can't have one with yourself because you don't know who you are. So that kind of work is, I think, cutting edge. And I can tell you, I will not name names, there are a lot of people that consider themselves in the pantheon of spiritual leaders, authors, teachers, whatever who have horrible personal relationships, many of whom drink entirely too much. And how in the world can you help somebody till you help yourself?
I couldn't agree more. That is the most powerful point, and I think that that is the distinguishing factor between someone who can regurgitate a message as a teacher versus someone who walks the walk as a teacher. Much like Jesus or Mother Teresa, they Mm -hmm. walked the walk. They didn't talk the talk. Jesus didn't carry a Bible around and say, hey, this is my belief. I'm going to live it. He just lived truth, love, and light. But, Dustin, let me say this. It's so amazing. I told, um, I've told a lot of people, I've mentioned your name in speaking. The last time I was on the radio, I said, I don't know what this connection with this woman is, but uh, a woman called me an hour ago. And this is a prime example of Albert being a servant, leadership. She said something, and I said, you know, I think it's time for you to put the focus on you, make you the center of your own universe. universe. She got very quiet, and she said, you know what? I guess you think that's easy for you to say. And I said to her, you're absolutely right. I said, you know what? I think I should have dug a little deeper until I came up with the part that had the water and the nutrition in it. And she said, that's why I work with you. You never dodge. You never act like whatever. You clicked in and touched this raw feeling that I'm having. And then I got out of her chart, and, you know, the moon's in cancer today, and she's got Venus in Aries, and so that's the square. You know, those two signs never get along. So I really uh, feel that I must be a living, breathing example of my work or I need to get out of line and go get another job. That's what I'm trying to say. And listen to me. I really want you to know, uh, you know, my publisher, Simon & Schuster, this is my second book, and then they're going to do the next one. And do you know what? They, and I'm not going to tell you the people that they have, they have some people even on their roster that have been mega bestsellers that I don't necessarily think they walk their talk. So the truth of the matter is that I'm known and famous. Let's say I'm having a bad day and I'm in a restaurant and I'm a little short with her or him. If I think, run that by, because I always review my day, I get in the car and go back, and I said, if, did I give you an adequate tip? You did. I said, yes, but my attitude was reprehensible. I know better than that, and you deserve better. And I said, so you're getting a double tip for my bad attitude. I mean, I've done that a couple of times, and it's not that I've only been out of line a couple of times, but those are the things that I'm famous for. I am very, very strong about what I'm strong in, but I do remind your listeners as I remind me. We are in evolution, revolution. Don't you love that? And I love it. <laughs> it is the biggest change in consciousness in many, 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 many lifetimes. And I will tell you, and I want your listeners to get ready for this, you will be on your way to quilting Hattie McDaniel's blanket, or you will be in the middle of trying to do a stock trade, or on your way to board the good ship Lollipop, and you will get an absolute riveting quantum physics, higher consciousness, new old idea, and like Saul on the road to Damascus, struck and did this Christ consciousness illumination and became Paul and preached the gospel. So I want people to get aware that I've always been the one that had the the fashionable idea 10 years too early, but now the universe is catching up with uh, my story and my song, but I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this is upon us. I have more clients on a daily, weekly, monthly basis who say to me, I get it. Albert, I can truly say I have not been living as who I really am. And so... I don't know. Um, Ever so often, you know, your time catches up with God's time, and and I do feel that you're not who you think you are has done that. I absolutely agree. And, you know, to validate with my own experience, it was definitely 
I thought that I was a popular young girl, you know, growing up. And then I, I abandoned all my friends because I decided they weren't authentic. And I made my mom take me out of private school into public school. I was very strong in my sense at 10 years old that I needed a change. And I said either I'm going to get straight F's or we make a change because this is not the truth of who I am. And she looked at me like, kid, I don't know where you come from, but okay. And then I did it again in late high school. I did it again in college twice. I did it within a marriage. And now I'm finally, I feel like I'm at a playground where I'm able to look at the canvas and see some accurate reflection of who I am. And it's also been evident through my services, as I feel, and I'm sure you do, the more that we serve, the more that we gain the truth of who we are. Well, let me say this, uh, reflecting on you, because, you know, it's okay that we let you explain who you really are and who you thought you were, whatever. Here's what I find kind of odd in a good way about you. I think that in a way, you were, as as I reflect back on it and as I stand in the middle of it today, I think your voice is really kind of modulated to put people into a frequency and I didn't know it till I was in it the first time we were on the radio together. Um, but it really is hitting a tuning fork so that the person responds more in alignment with whatever higher consciousness wanted us to say and to talk about. Are you following this? I absolutely am following Yeah, so I, I just really, you know, when I say off-putting, listen, I live in this world like you do. You know, everybody thinks Sedona is the mecca of all meccas, and if they could just get up here, that they'd never have another bad day and go up in the burning uh-huh. bush. Not. Sedona is under a massive, and it's interesting we're talking about shifting consciousness, under massive highway reconstruction and, and new roads and whatever. And I think they're doing a fair job at the point of bringing all this up. If you think it's just like uh, singing the Hallelujah Chorus every day in Sedona, not. We still have the challenges of are we willing to get up today and say to someone who needs something more than we do, what can I do for you? We also have the opportunity to get up and tell someone, I love you and I'm glad you're in my life, as opposed to where's my money, where's my this and where's my that. I mean, what's kind of interesting is that I work with people that have lots of money. And, of course, most of them in the stock market and other houses, lands, they've lost half of it. And so somebody will call me and say, I'm down 50%, and I'll say, and so what today would the credit bureau say your net worth would be? About $40 million, and I would say call somebody who wants to absolutely care whether you go from 40 to 80. Goodbye, because I'm interested. Listen to me. I walk my talk. If I go out to lunch, which I will after this broadcast, and if somebody needs something, I probably have 40 or 50 bucks in my pocket. I might pull enough out for lunch, but give them the rest. I had been known to the, for the bank to call me and my office to call me and say, quit giving it away. Now, I also don't live in a lean-to or a tent of a beautiful house, but I'm only trying to make a thing. I'm, I'm really more concerned about what can I do to repair the telepathic lines that will get the true voice of the truth to us. And what can I do to make sure we don't go back to mall living, car identity, or our bank balance heritage? I'm, I'm telling you right now, I know other people are getting this message because when they sit down, I had a big piece of stuff in here Friday, and I said, you know what, you've really lived a life as a phony. And she said, my God, you won't believe it. That word kept going. She drove two hours to get here. And when she left, she said, you know what, real McCoy, she said, I canceled three times because I've been everywhere. And the first thing you say to me is quit going to all the gurus because you've been sleeping with him yourself, your shadow self. 
she just couldn't get over it. But that's what I'm trying to say to people today. You were born with karma. I can't take that away, and I won't ever change my mind about that. That's what this side of life is, this reform school. We make our corrections. We come from the perfect place. We get our signals from there if we can hear them, and we're going back there. But in the interim, here on the planet Earth, where a lot of people care, care who wins the basketball or football, how is Dow Jones doing, how do I look in this A-line skirt, do these diamond earrings look good with this whatever, and I'm saying nonsense. I have a lot of people that I stand by with them as they make their transition, take their last breath, a lot of them richer than creases. And if you said to him, how much money do you have? And when I snap my finger, he takes his last breath. He has absolutely nothing. And so that's my message. My message is you came in with nothing, and you might have made something through hook or crook or Maybe, you know, I say God is a clown, and he says, oh, I think I'll give Dulcinea and Albert a lot of money and see what they do with it. Well, wouldn't it be wild if we did something good with it? And uh, he would say, I think I'll give them more. And then he'll say, I wonder what would happen if man had to face what man did, creating the maelstrom we're living under today. I wonder how many people will say, feed the poor. Or somebody that will say, give me a hoe and give me some seed, and in six months I'll feed myself. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, this is what, you know, I just want to say, this is what the book is. I mean, if you go through it, it really is a primer from going from the phony baloney to the legitimate real deal. Yes, it's really about, I found, in in some, in whole, it challenges belief systems, false belief systems, false thought processes, and allows consciousness and awareness to rise in, empowering the individual and therefore revealing another facet of the authentic self. Well, you know, one of the things that I I find is very interesting in the book, you know, the karmic mirror, the family is the karmic yes. mirror. Yes. I found that very interesting because if I would, let's say, for instance, I met you on a plane. I'm fixing to go away for, you know, I, I got to tell the listeners so they get jealous. I'm going to the Caribbean for Thanksgiving. Oh. I'm going to New York for the first three days of December, hopefully to do some big shows. And then for four days, I'm going to Paris. Somebody gave me their apartment, and I'm just going to get my Delta miles. But so let's say, for instance, that I've never known you, and you sat down by me on a plane and whatever. Well, it would be interesting. Let's say, for instance, we'll make all this up. Let's say that you started telling me, oh, my life would have been so fabulous if it hadn't been for my mother. My mother was Miss Got Rocks and whatever, and, you know, I just came out of the womb wanting to feed the poor and whatever. And let's say that you went from your mother to your ex-husband and then a daughter that you thought was reprehensible and didn't know whatever. So then I would say, oh, You've just told me about you. And you would say, how so? I talked about my mother, my ex-husband, and my daughter. I said, yes, but they are mirrors for you. And if you only knew that what's wrong with your mother is wrong with you, and the ex and the daughter, and what's right with you is right with them as well. Now, you know, they'll find out, those who buy and read that book, that I say, and I'll, I love to do all this. You know, I say, oh, I never believed in Jesus. Then, you know, 100 pages later, I say it was the ministers, the distortions that were mirroring me. So I got to throw stones at Jesus instead of looking at the part of me that wanted to deny Christ consciousness. You know, drunks do that when they drink and act out. Well, I also say in there that I didn't like either one of my parents. Now, here's what I tell my clients. If a man comes in and says, I couldn't stand my mother, I said, well, you may be married, but you can't stand your wife. If a man comes in uh, or a woman comes in and says she hated her father, I know she's giving her husband hell and all other men. You know, I'm telling you right now, remember, I do one-on-one work, so it's not like I have to see the masses like Christ with the fish. I mean, I can tell who's talking because one person sitting across me. 
and my program is in its 27th year. I have never once had anybody who left saying, my mother is my problem. Never. So if I had both parents that I said I didn't like, I'm divorced. I had difficulty equally with men and women. Now, when you read 50 pages after I never liked my parents, I called them my teachers and high masters. My mother, I would say, if I had met you when I was 10, 50, or as I am today, I'm changed today, but I would have said earlier, my mother was self-righteous. Raise your hand, Albert. That's what my uh, sobriety sponsors found in me. And I used to say, my father's a drunk and a womanizer, married seven times. Raise my hand, drunk and a womanizer. So everything that you want to blame on somebody else, whether it's your family or not, it's always about you. You know, we say in recovery, whenever you're disturbed, look inside yourself. They've come to mirror something for you. So that's a very powerful stage of getting to who you are authentically. It's to look through the family history and to sort it out and, and go through this whole thing of rage and then forgiveness and then embracing. I was going to say that really captures the process really well of becoming authentic, and it requires someone being willing to delve into their shadow or darkness, as you call it, to be willing to say that what they don't like in their mother or father or both is actually a reflection of what they don't like in themselves. It takes a lot of bravery, but often it just takes a lot of life not working to be willing to do that. Yeah, that's very, very true. And, you know, after that, you know, there's a chapter which I love called uh, Forgive and Forget-Me-Nots. And, you know, the old expression is forgive and forget. And and I say no, forgive and forget-me-nots. That's one of the stages. You know, if you don't embrace what someone taught you, actually the title of this book came from a difficulty I had with an employee. And I went to my guru, Swami Swahananda, and I said, Swami, this man has said some terrible things about me. took me 45 minutes, song and verse, and he says to me, Ramapriya, you often come to me and say you're not who you think you are. Perhaps you're not who he thinks you are either. Mm. Lotto bingo dotto. I timed it 12 seconds. I'm uh-huh. free. I fly home. I'm flying for months because I thought, what would I have done without Swami? And the little boy said, somebody would have gotten you. And so <laughs> that's the way that I want to share this. And that person, that person that, I, that drove me to Swami, listen, I flew over there. I mean, I spent the money and the time or whatever. I went to any length, as we say in sobriety. And this guy comes back periodically with his very famous wife. And I want you to know that when people say, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so was in town, did you see them? And I said, no, I didn't. And they said, well, do you ever talk to you know, lives go in different directions, but I will tell you, knowing him and her, they're having the time of their lives. Can you believe that? And that was someone, you know, we all have a hit parade. We all have an enemies list. People thought Richard Nixon came up with that. We all have a roster of people we'd like to see hung by the neck till dead. Well, there are also those same people that if you can move into forgiveness, but you have to rage at it first. You have to really bottom out with the ego, and you rage at it, and then you seek forgiveness from that person for the part that you played in all of this, and then they become a forget-me-not. I can tell you that I used to say, a bad woman is better than a good man. Well, that's because I had Alexandra treating her like trailer trash, probably, and ignoring her, and so I thought I would throw her a bone by saying that. And guess how God got even with me? I met four women in a row that I thought were on assignment to bury me alive, and I today will say, 
when I, and I speak a lot, I'll say, well, a bad woman and a bad man is just a bad act. You know, and so somebody will say, I remember when you used to say a bad woman was better than a good man. I said, oh, that's ancient history. You know, I've grown since then. I've heard we've evolved. I'm more evolved. <laughs> but, I mean, the truth of the matter is that these are some of the things that people have to go through. And I think the reason Simon is used to publishing that book in the pub date is December 2nd. They can go online or our site or Amazon.com and get it. But the thing is, I wrote the story. It's, you know, it's a little bit uh, memoir meets the road less traveled, you know. And uh, I feel that it's my story warts it all. And for some reason, you know, we just had a man today from CNN that's going to come here the middle of December, and he's going to do a four-part series on me, the book, and the, the Sedona Intensive. He said, because... I have never met anyone that wanted to convince you that if you think you've got had a tough life or a bad life or done some bad stuff, then, you know, sit by me and I'll tell you my story. And that's what I do in that book. So he just said, I think that people are ready to hear from people that will tell us how he got into his stuff and what was the route out, and that's what this book is. Absolutely, and there's nothing more powerful than a human living example and to show the process of fear, overcoming fear, developing compassion, and embracing the truth of of who you are through unconditional love and a determined will to be wrong and a determined will to receive the truth. Well, you know, let me me say this. If you can ever self-efface, or if you can ever claim your stuff, you know, when I speak, uh, I'll say, well, y'all have come to peek behind the curtain. And then, you know, I'll have a person or two that I'll say to say, um, what's behind the curtain, you know, like they would do on a show. Uh-huh. And I'll say, well, I wish I had the curtain, but I'm just going to do, do like a mime. I'm going to do my hand. Here's the curtain. Now, let me let you peek behind the curtain and see what it's like to be a spiritual teacher, guru, author, teacher, leader. Yak. And and I say to them, and on the way out, if you want to buy any of my books, you know, there's slices and dices of the story in there. There's always the failures, uh, the broken places, which is where one of those people, I think it was Churchill, said, strong in the broken places. But... Um, I feel that telling you another little anecdote really will tell you where I am. I was in a spa once, maybe 15 years ago, and a woman came up to me with her friend that just evidently arrived, and I was wearing a Sedona baseball cap. And she stopped, as people do, you know, 15 years ago. We used to really have kind of like that shiny diamond, ah, Sedona. And she said, oh, I come to the place in the canyon she called the name and and i said oh really uh somebody's trying to make a bet on that property for me to occupy it and run it whatever she said oh please don't do that i then i can't come every thanksgiving i said oh you can come and go through our program her friend said i didn't like you the minute i met you or saw you i said you know sometime i don't like me either and she hugged me and started crying. She said, you remind me of my ex-husband or whatever. And every meal, she sat at my table. And if there uh-huh. were new people, she said, can you believe how mean I was and how nice he was to me? And when I left, because she stayed longer, she walked me to my car and she said to me this, thank you for being one of my teachers she said, because till the day I die, I will never forget how I came to you with the mean tongue and you opened your arms and opened your heart to me. See, I think those things are very powerful. And I'll tell you why. I think we're all codependent a little bit. Like I can't wait to see uh, this new movie with Kate Winslet and DiCaprio. Uh, resurrection road and 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 i uh, was just writing a lady who's ill and i said 
uh, let me send you a movie called Only When I Laugh. And I'm kind of codependent because I'm a Pisces with movies, and I like operas, and I'm going to the ballet in, in Paris, and, and I love a good meal, and I love good company at meals. So, we're, you know, people that want you to believe that they're so detached, like I'm kind of connected to you, and I've told the listeners how. And uh, so, I mean, I like to think I'm not codependent, but this is the way I'm not dependent or codependent with others. You have every right to say to me what you will. The Pisces can be crybabies. So if I burst into tears, it doesn't mean stop your diatribe, whatever it is, because you evidently need it as much as I do. You need to say it as much as I need to hear it. But I really believe that I basically am not attached to outcomes. For instance, I never take credit for the healing that people get because I learned years and years ago that I don't take the discredit when they fail. Because if you don't assume or presume to be the source of somebody's wellness when they fall into the ditch, it wasn't your fault either. You know, you said what you did, but they made the choices they did. So I feel like that it's really important for listeners to hear that, you know, the book purports that you're the most important person in the world, and then there's a paradox to that. You know, it's about all of us, not just about you. So I feel that what I want to do is to take the Klieg lights off of the big pieces of stuff, the right bestseller books, or that get elected to offices, or who have millions of dollars, or the women, you know, we seem to worship beauty, pretty women, handsome men. You know, take your eyes off, you know, let the lights dim, and, and let the lights be sh- shining on what you need to look at within yourself. And when you, as I did, find those things that are more side by the dark side than the light of God, you know, you want, may want to write and read and consult with someone, a minister, somebody, a, a therapist, and get it all out, you know, get it out of your head, and then uh, write something and burn it and go on with your life. Uh but the the whole idea that I'm introducing now is this idol worship, which is nonsense in this country. I have to tell you right now that I I really like uh, very pretty women, and I think maybe that attractive men make us look like the statues, and if the Oracle of Delphi is going to speak through their lips, then, you know, they met the package. But uh, And I also am attracted to people who have been places. And, you know, I know that it takes money to go places, but, you know, there are people that don't have much money who save and save and save and go see uh, the wizard in India or wherever. I'm going to Egypt in February with a group. Uh, But I feel like that it's very, very important to, in order to get interrelated and interconnected, we're all on this deal together, one must step out of line and look deeply and with very objective eyes, with compassion but honesty, and face themselves so they can then move forward and, and, and love each other, love one another, and, but love oneself, you know. Love thy neighbors, thyself is very biblical. I tell people just because I decided not to be a minister, I didn't burn my Bible. It's brilliant. I couldn't agree with you more. My very first metaphysical book was my Bible, and it was a life a life application Bible for teens. Mm-hmm. It was framed in the you know the the presentation was for a youth oriented mind, and and it really allowed me to expand. And even now, I have, as you can imagine, a vast array of books from the show and previous to the show. Being a book fanatic, and my when I, when it comes to my core, all I want is that Bible. <laughs> when it really comes up, it just seems to shine a light that's um, very strong in the truth of who I am. It takes me to that universal essence. Well, you know, uh, 
that's really interesting because I've heard a couple of teens lately talk about that Bible or a Bible like that. One of the things, uh, you know, because I could go on forever, as the song says with you, but I've got to be aware of the time. And I want to get this in because this, to me, is the payoff or what's at the end of the road when you go through this process of going from the false God, the false you, the one wearing the drag, the makeup, the lipstick, the wigs, the high heels or the tennis shoes or whatever, all the drag going from the inauthentic or the dark to the light and authentic, that whole process, if there's any, any payoff, it's that love is all there is. And, you know, that's the last stage. And what I found kind of very human of me was to go back and talk about, uh, I had a, I don't know, a, kind of a nature that I went for beautiful and well-heeled girls as I was coming up. And I thought I married one and the money was gone. But I talk about, you know, the thing, the detachment, uh, never feeling that kind of warm fuzzy from my parents. So anyway, but what I do when, when I go through there is I really kind of talk about who taught me how to love. And it's really an uh, incredible thing to be able to one day love yourself. I mean, I know this sounds kind of odd to turn this on your listeners, but, I mean, I really love myself. And, you know, uh, this is a little side note and a backstory. You know, I've never had a pet. I'm 70. I've, I've not had anybody in my life in a few years. She died last year. But I feel as if I live with a great presence. Sometimes I feel like that my house is full of people that have come to bless me or it's my turn to read the thoughts of the day or whatever. But I love myself, and it just took me a long time. I mean, I, I won, you know, Nichols, Nicholas Nickleby was a nine-hour thing, and they came in shifts and days to be able to see it. And I one day said, I think I'll write the story of my life. And I said, and I think I'm going to emphasize all the pain because people tend to be stuck in serving that part that keeps them stuck there. But I will tell you, when you find self-love, you know that old thing when you walk into a room, a person just lights up the room? Well, I don't know if I would go that far about myself, but I do know that I find that people engage me when I just come to have a cup of coffee. But, uh, but it's because I've learned self-love and I've been taught it. You know, we say in sobriety, we'll love you till you learn to love yourself. But I do think that the only payoff, it's not what you have and what you eat and what you wear and where you live and what you drive and whatever. It's really uh, to love is its own reward for having gone through this earth life uh, with all the karma we brought in and the corrections we came to may, make. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about love a little bit because I really will say, you know, like you and I seem to be biblically connected, you know, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, whomever that might be. Well, that's the way that I feel. I feel very, very joyful today. Love is, is a wonderful thing. And my first book on my journey was Teach Only Love. And the premise is Love, 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 and More Love <laughs> by Gerald Jambalski. A great book. And it was also a story of his coming to find love and more than the false and authentic self as well. Uh-huh. Wonderful. So we're speaking with Albert Clayton Golden, author of You're Not Who You Think You Are, A Breakthrough Guide to Discovering the Authentic You, it is released on December 2nd by Simon and Schuster. You can find him on the web at www.sedonaintensive.com. He has some upcoming events in January 7th of 2009. He'll be in Irvine, California at the Insider's Edge at UC Irvine. 
giving a lecture and a book signing at 6.30 a.m. titled Being Authentic in an Unreal World. And you can also join up with him January 8th in Tempe, Arizona at Changing Hands Bookstore. Again, a lecture and book signing at 7 p.m. There's also his services of astrology chart readings, executive coaching, Albert's blog, Between the Cracks, and more information surrounding the Sedona Intensive Program. Please be sure to check it out at www.sedonaintensive.com. Your higher self is the true you, the eternal, infinite, limitless, and all-encompassing you. Seeking to align yourself with the higher essence of who you are, have always been, and always will be, can empower you to shine and express your beautiful light being upon this earthly plane by receiving the loving support, signs, wonders, and synchronicities of the universe. Look within and begin to explore your infinite and most divine treasure chest full of unconditional love, joy, truth, awe, beauty, peace, and compassion. For you are your own best master, teacher, and healer. Next week on December 11th, Chrissy Blaze will be reappearing with her latest astrological book release, Superstar Signs, Sun Signs of Celebrities, Heroes, and You. Join us as we delve into the astrological realms and discover our true nature. On December 18th, Jerry Wenstrom will appear with his passionate warrior story of transformation during his personal spiritual journey in his long-lived book, The Inspired Heart, An Artist's Journey of Transformation. On December 25th, Robert S. Friedman will honorably appear and read his recently released children's parable that he co-wrote with world-renowned author Eckhart Tolle that gently reminds people of all ages to readily embrace the happiness that each moment offers in the spirited book, Milton's Secret, An Adventure of Discovery Through Then, When, and the Power of Now. Please join us for a most memorable moment this holiday season. On January 1st, Richard Lawrence will appear on Evolution Revolution with a two-hour New Year's special. During the first hour, Richard will guide you to unlock your psychic powers with his latest book release. And be sure to join us during the second hour when Richard will unveil the mysterious truth about UFOs. Richard and I truly look forward to you joining us for a most special New Year's 2009 broadcast of Evolution Revolution. On January 8th, Eliza Matadalian will offer her wisdom and healing techniques that offer a refreshing perspective on healing and enlightenment, focusing on the transformation into the bliss and awe of one's divinely true being in her wondrous book release, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. Also, Bob Gebeline, Ariel Four, Peggy McCall, Egan Sanders, Dr. Daniel Condren, Dr. Stephen Farmer, Karen Anderson, Dr. Eric Pearl, Stephen Lewis, Carol Obley, Dr. Amit Goswami, Dr. Teresa Martin, and Dr. Christine Madar, Ruth Probst, and Barbara Hanklau will also be appearing in 2009 on Evolution Revolution. For more information, you can go onto the website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com under Upcoming Shows for more information and to access their web link. You can purchase all of the author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Also, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage or uploaded on iTunes for any time listening. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day at no charge to include amazing talent such as Neil Donna Walsh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Barbara Han Clow, Dr. Amit Goswami, Michael Tamura, Gary Zukoff, and Linda Francis, Jeff Brown, Charles Virtue, David Robert Ord, Dr. Betty Youngs, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I'm a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings and spiritual therapy via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please check out the clairvoyant reading tab and the events and classes tab on my website at www.dulcinea'sdivinevision.com. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Also, please explore the relaunching of my new blog at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com 
www.blogspot.com for weekly postings and guest announcements for Evolution Revolution. You can also find me on MySpace. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Radio Sponsors tab on the website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution with my honored guest, Albert Clayton Golden. Thank you so kindly, Albert. We appreciate your time and wisdom. I loved being on. Thanks for having me. I look forward to doing it again. Great. We, we look forward to it as well. Okay. Much, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today and always. Abundant angel blessings. Good night.